Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in addictions and traumas. But more importantly, I'm here to help support you in whatever you want to do in business and in life. And today, I want to talk with you about calming the anxious mind. For so many of us, introverted or not, we seek to improve not just ourselves, but improve everything around us. But unfortunately, the anxiety to be perfect, hurry up, try harder, don't complain, and all these other things get in the way of who we want to be and how we want to approach things in life. If worry and anxiety is becoming so crippling to the point where you're becoming inactive, procrastinating, or just falling through on the commitments that you want to make. Listen to today's episode. We're going to be talking about how you can calm your mind so that you can think rationally and understand more importantly why your mind wants to do that. So you're going to get some really helpful tips coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. I'm so glad that you're here with me. If this is your very first time listening, I'm wrapping my arms around you and giving you a big electronic squeeze. Okay, I'll squeeze those of you guys who have been here listening for multiple times. I don't want you to feel like you're left out. Anywho, if you've been listening for the first time, make sure that you hit the follow, subscribe button wherever you're listening, Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcasts, where else? Castbox. (laughs) That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And for those of you guys who have been listening, I want to thank you in advance for writing a review wherever you're listening. That way other people know about this podcast and we can amplify the message. I want to thank you in advance for sharing this podcast with someone else that could also appreciate from the words that I'm saying and you are using to improve your life. And I want to thank you in advance for letting me hear your beautiful and lovely voice on anchor.fm slash Denise T. Lee. Make sure you include in the beginning or at the end of the message whether or not I have permission to air your message. And also, please make sure that you include your first name only, anonymity please, and your hometown. And obviously what you've been loving from this podcast. I would love to give you some airtime. Now, if you would love to learn more about me, my story, why I do life coaching for entrepreneurs specifically, why I specialize in trauma and addiction specifically, check out info.denisegelee.com slash connect. There you'll be able to connect with my main website, denisegelee.com, learn more about my story, check out my archives, for my podcast or as well some old articles that I've written, as well as being able to check out my offerings or things that I can do for you. Or if you want to work with me directly, info.denisetlee.com slash connect is your hub for you can be able to access anything and everything that pertains to my coaching practice. Okay. Now, this episode, Common Anxious Mind, has been on my mind for a while. And I just decided to voice it out because I definitely know there's someone who is listening to this message right now who feels like they're in a bond, they're in a rock between a hard place where they want to improve, but they don't really know how to improve, but they're scared to go out and take that next step, meaning even even as simple as buying a book, right? Taking a course, hiring someone like me, whatever that is. Oh, by the way, talking about hiring someone like me. What I have to share is more of a one-on-one 
personal level where I'm going to say a lot of generalities, but I don't know your case. I don't know your issues. I'm going to drop a link in this podcast episode where you can learn about your life script. Your life script is basically who you are up into the point and how it was created by your family and your friends and society at large and understanding maybe there's some patterns that have been created based on the messaging that you received during your early adolescent childhood as well as some other issues. So I'm going to drop a link to that in this particular episode. But based on that, it's really designed for a one-on-one coaching program because I don't want to generalize and say different things. Like for example, I have amazing attitude. I totally believe in my course, Amazing Attitude. It's a 21-day program designed to help you improve your, your thinking, understanding the power that you have, and to be able to train your brain to think of possibilities, not potential failures. Okay. The opportunities, not the obstacles. And that is definitely part of my one-on-one coaching program, but more in Importantly, I try to understand how your mind has been functioning so that we can take out the malfunctioning parts and then amp up the stuff that's working well in your life. And that's the thing about the anxious mind. The anxious mind seems to think that there's nothing going good going on in your life. And that's not true at all. And that's really important for us to share. But before I dive into anything else, I just have an important disclaimer because I realize I'm starting to go into some uh, more psycho babble stuff. So this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material in this podcast is intended to be a substitute for professional medical or coaching advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a mental condition such as anxiety or treatment and before undertaking a new mental health care regime. And please never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of anything you heard from me. Okay, so I just had to put that disclaimer because I know I started to go down that rabbit hole. But now that I've done that, (laughs) I put it all on the tape so everyone can hear it. Our brains are very, very, very fascinating. We have like three main components of our brain. We've got the reptilian part of our brain that's more or less keeping the lights on, making sure that we can breathe our heart heart beats. We can be able to excrete waste products, take in fresh air. Like that's basically baseline stuff for us to be alive, okay? But then we've got the mammalian uh, part of our bodies that wants to seek comfort, avoid pain, find satisfaction, right? But then there's a neurocortex that thinks higher level of thought about things about the world around us, things of a spiritual manner, things above and beyond our current reality and thinking forward. But here's the problem. When we, when we think we are thinking forward, what in reality is our anxious thoughts are basically causing a haywire and our reptilian brain. And so let me kind of explain what I'm talking about. Cause like, well, anxious thoughts called haywire, the reptilian brain. When you are anxious, when you're worried, it causes a lot of funky things in your brain. Okay. First of all, there are, your body responds to things through your hypothalamus. Think of your hypothalamus as like the nerve control system that has information based on long-term, short-term memory, as well as your motor motor functions and whatever. And then based on that, it turns the amygdala. Think of the amygdala as the alert system on whether or not we need to release hormones to the adrenal glands, 
via the pituitary system. It's like there's a lot of stuff going on, but typically happens is when you're feeling anxious, right? Your hypothalamus alerts your amygdala, which sends through the adrenals cortisol. Now, cortisol is a stress hormone. Now, cortisol is great when you're trying to evade from lions and tigers and bears and threats of danger, seen or perceived, right? Because sometimes your brain perceives danger even when there's not, more or less it's being triggered by issues of the past. But that's, again, a longer conversation about what that is because for a lot of us, we are overstimulated and over-triggered by unresolved trauma. That's hence part of the reason why I specialize in traumas and addiction. They're two sides of the same coin because for a lot of us, we have unresolved traumas. We try to self, over-self-soup via sugars, overworking, all sorts of stuff. Anywho, back to like the, the path of the cortisol. So the cortisol just flows for your system. And what it does, it helps, you know, gives you super strength. You know, your heart rate starts bumping faster. Other chemicals like adrenaline pump in, right? And you're feeling really strong, but you're feeling a little weary. And after a while, that cortisol is never meant for be to be transmuted for your body long term. It's only meant for a short term burst of responding to danger. For example, I think about those 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 stories where a pedestrian sees a, a kid or someone trapped in the car and with superhuman strength, he looks up a this 150 pound man looks up a one town car and everyone's like remarkably, how could that happen? It's because of the cortisol, it's because of the adrenaline, it's because of all those hormones rushing through your body, it gives you super strength. But at the same time, those hormones, if just surging through your body, you're feeling stressed and you're feeling anxious and you're feeling you need to be called to action, starts wearing down your body's ability to regulate hormones directly. Your sympathetic nervous system just goes completely haywire. And as a result, you might find yourself going through bouts of insomnia, depression, headaches, migraines, inflammation, all right? You might find yourself feeling very prone to illness. And that's because your body has was never meant to be experiencing stress all day, every day. And it really fascinates me about people who subjugate themselves to stress. You know, full disclosure, I live in outside of Austin, Texas, but I used to live in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., in the States for the majority of my life. It was a hustle place. It is a place where politics ruled the day. You wanted to be seen, right? It was it was expression of doggy world. And I remember seeing these scenes of my coworkers popping in acids for breakfast alongside of their mick mick sandwich or whatever it was and guzzling down two cups, three cups of coffee. You know, so they're pumping themselves with stimulants, they're popping themselves with things to coat their stomach. They are their nerves are already exposed and frayed. Right. And that is a prescription for cancer training. And so for a lot of us, they think, oh, well, I can do this for five, 10, 15, 20 years. And then they find their body just collapsing into either cancer or fibromyalgia or some neurobiological condition. And the reason behind it is if we, we kind of pull back the covers and look at their lives, they're, they were constantly moving from one crisis to another, never giving themselves a moment to breathe. And even when they took their two weeks vacation, and I'm just being honest, because I think about myself, even when you take your two week vacation, you're still thinking about work, still thinking about all the things to do, never letting your brain completely disconnect from the grind. 
And as a result, it just wears down your body. And so I also want to just take a moment since I already gave my disclaimer in the beginning about this idea of people who say they have ADD, attention deficit disorder, now ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and those who have been taking Ritalin and Adderall and all those other, those, those things. And interestingly enough, some of you guys who have known or have been exposed to people who have been hooked on methamphetamines, meth, right? They're all, believe it or not, all in the same class, okay? Where you're taking the stimulant, right, that actually calms the brain down just for a second. But here's the problem. Once it's calmed down just for a second, the brain craves a higher and higher dose. And it causes all sorts of other health problems long term. And so if you're very interested in learning about the idea between really do you really need the medicine versus understanding how your body works and calming your, your mind down? Because I truly believe people who have attention deficit disorder, ADHD, have an anxiety issue. And the anxiety issue become related to unresolved stress issues. And there's a, very, a lot of fascinating books that talk about these this issue if you want to dive more about it. It's by Gabor Matei's book, his first book, Scattered, which talks about the connection between anxiety, trauma, and attention deficit disorder scattered. You can also read Gabor Matei's book also, When the Body Says No, How Your Body Responds to Stress Biochemically. And so the whole, these are, he is a, he's a medical doctor. So you can say, oh, Denise, well, I don't believe the science. Well, I'm going to give you some science links so that you can understand the science behind it. Anywho, when your body is exposed to that much stress, right? the myelin coating on your nerves get exposed. And then the, the, as a result of the nerves being exposed, that it can also be subject to mutations from environmental stresses, also emotional stresses, it mutates the cells, and it can cause the cells to mutate and form cancer. It's cancer training to subjugate to yourself to stress either of th- things that are perceived or things that are actually happened. You know, I think about you know, heck, even in my own life, I think about when I was in the early years living with my father before he uh, unceremoniously decided to move to uh, North Carolina for a job relocation. But anyway, I guess the argument could be said I was 21 years old. I was grown enough anyway. But anyway, I was truly a child emotionally because I lacked the skills or the the support to support myself on my own. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. I remember when I was in therapy during those years and my therapist said to me, I was like freshman or sophomore year in college. I said, you know, Denise, you just need to move out flat out. I don't really know exactly what I said or the things I was saying because my mind was just so scattered at the time to be quite honest with you. This is the problem when your your mind is anxious. You can't think clearly. And I remember thinking, I can't leave. He is providing for me financially so I have a roof over my head so I can go to school. But, you know, when I thought about it, honestly, now I was preparing for my own schooling. I was preparing for my own miscellaneous expenses. The only thing that I could have done was just either got a school loan bill so that I can still continue working part time to pay for my miscellaneous expenses and still continue going to school. But I couldn't think that way. That's the problem. When you're anxious, you only think very narrow and you tend to hang around with narcissists. Narcissists are people who are have no regard for anyone else anyone else but themselves and they they want to be respected and cherished at the same time i explain in a, a different 
podcast about cherishing versus respecting, but I'll give a little crash course when I say that. Look, here's the thing. Everyone is on this kind of gradient of narcissism, meaning that we could be 10 fully, full-blown sociopathic, meaning that we care about nobody but ourselves and our immediate wants and desires. And that works well if you're single and no one depends on you and you don't have to get into some type of cooperative relationship. But when you're trying to live with someone platonically or romantic, there has to be caring as caring for their people's feelings and respect for other people's thoughts. And if there's a really interesting movie, if you ever want to interest, see what it looks like when you're dealing with a narcissist, watch the movie Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf with Steve Burden and Elizabeth Taylor. It's a very disturbing but poignant example of a, a narcissist. And guess who lives with a narcissist? A doormat. A doormat is someone who basically rules over and does everything and anything, even as insulting and deprecating to the whims of a narcissist. So who's afraid of a Virginia Woolf? I think 1966 classic movie, but kind of poignantly explained. But here's the thing. When you are a doormat, when you are completely afraid of either things that may happen, right, or could happen, you are living in complete emergency state mode. And you can't think see things correctly and you're around people who misuse and abuse your trust and your affection and your loyalty and they totally take advantage of you or you insulate yourself so much so that you're not able to see things rationally about what you want about yourself or what you want for your future and I've seen this so many times I've been doing this business for many years and I've seen people who say you know what Denise I wanted to grow my business for the last 10 years but I didn't do anything because I need to support my family Okay, but on close inspection, when I kind of asked them about what was going on with their, their life, the reality was they were so afraid of being failure that they didn't take the next step in growing their business. As an example, the mind plays really funky tricks on you when you're feeling anxious, it distorts reality, it gets you to either move into fight mode, fight, fight with others, and you become combative, and you become very defensive. You go into flight mode, flight mode is easy. You, you evade, you avoid, you procrastinate. You go into freeze mode where you are told of the things, but you, you kind of want to turn passive aggressive and, and not want to do anything. You go into flop mode where you just literally just faint. You, you sleep a lot. You, you just become totally inactive or you you fawn, meaning that you try to have other people pick up the slack with complaining or are trying to guilt them through your inability, effectively making other people slave to your whims. This this whole issue of calming the mind is based on a bigger issue and it's understanding, am I thinking straight? Am I thinking accurately? Am I expecting things of myself and others which may or may not be realistic? And so that's why I invite you to private one-on-one coaching and the life script, I'm going to drop the link about learning about your life script can really help you move in that direction if you really are interested in learning more about it. Because a lot of people are just moving on autopilot, replicating the things that they learned from their mother or their father or or whoever. Or I remember thinking about one particular client and she had an intense sibling rivalry with her older sister and her father 
wanted boys. So they raised both her, her sister and herself to be little do good boys in female bodies. And our female bodies were not raised to work based on our intuition rather than our instinct. There's a neurobiological reasons behind that. But suffice to say, she always thought, my client always thought that she always had to out-compete, out-maneuver, be harder, never complain, hurry up, try harder, all these things with my this particular dynamic. And long after they both left the nest, they still kept that dyna- dynamic where who was rushing to get engaged first? Who was rushing first to start their business? Who was rushing first to get fill-in-the-blank title? And while it seemed on the surface that they were both ambitious, they were lauded, obviously, by their family and friends, right? But how ambitious, what was really happening is that both of them were behaving off of unresolved trauma from their father that imposed things that should never have happened. A, a man, a father should always cherish, meaning having care and consideration for feelings for a little girl ages eight and above. Mothers, on contrast, should always have respecting boys 10 years and up so that he becomes a man that believes in his ability to think, to make decisions, and to be autonomous and not a mama's boy. You've seen about mama's boys, little boys that grown-ass men, 25, 30, 40, 50 years old, running and deferring to the mother's wisdom and guidance creating a, a very unhealthy complex where he is unable to trust himself and his ability. And he delays or avoids creating a family, taking on responsibilities, and always deferring to someone with a stronger masculine influence. Most likely, it's a a, a boy in a girl's body that is running the show. You may have seen it so many times where in Hollywood and so many situations where it's very clear that even though it's a man and a woman together, it's the woman that's clearly running the show and the man that's falling behind. But unfortunately, with that kind of dynamic, it sets up a lot of passive aggressive tendencies on the man's part because he feels resentful at the fact that he's being controlled and dominated. But going back to this whole anxious mind, I'm sorry for that little sidebar. I just had to say it because it was on my mind. When we are feeling anxious, we're basically saying that I don't have the power to control things. And therefore, I'm just going to brace for impact by just rubbing up my system and just taking in the doom and gloom. I'm going to just focus and zoom in on how I can somehow shield myself. And for some of us, we shield ourselves in our way of thinking by over-consuming on negative information, right? We got to learn what's going on in the world with these stupid politicians or stupid fill in the blank. So we, we indulge ourselves in things and matters that we honestly don't really want to resolve, but we use it to either distract ourselves from the things that are, are really going on in our life, right? Or we become so overworkaholic, right? We become perfectionists because we're trying to people please so that we can avoid anyone saying anything negative about us. Both ways are really crappy, Right. And so my job is to help you to think better so that you can think things rationally so you don't go into the rabbit hole of procrastinating and evading, avoiding, getting to this flip flop fight flight paradigm. Right. Or you don't go into the other paradigm of you're overworking and you're trying to try harder, be perfect. Right. Those are both places of hell. Okay, there's a bigger and better and brighter way. I said bigger, but yeah, bigger, bigger and brighter. (laughs) 
there's a better way of doing things. And, you know, for the longest time, you know, I myself was so plagued with the idea of what can I do to get other people to like me so I can like myself, so I can feel good about myself? What can I do to shift the scales a little bit so I can get appreciated? And the real reality is every time I was trying to get that appreciation and feeling anxious about how people are going to interpret it, there's a part of me that was just slowly dying because I wasn't honoring the way my body felt. I wasn't listening to my instinctual manner. I was so busy trying to be a boy, trying to do good in, in, in order so I can feel good. But the reality is I should have been focusing on how I felt so that I could do good, so that I could find someone who could cherish my feelings and in return I could feel respect for myself. There's too many women out there that are doing good and they're feeling miserable. And there's too many guys out there who are trying to feel good all the time and they're doing nothing. And as a result, everyone's miserable because we're violating our body's code of conduct. So I'm hoping that as you're listening to this, calming the anxious mind, you accept and understand that there are things that are beyond your control, but it's how you deal with it really matters the most. Are you thinking of it in the sense of you have to fight and muscle your way, or you have to just put the covers over your head and slink away and pretend it doesn't exist? Both ways aren't healthy. And here's the thing, our brain, if we, we can literally train ourselves into wellness, the same way we can train ourselves into sickness. And we train ourselves into sickness by preoccupying ourselves about things that are beyond our control, which include everything but how you view yourself and how you choose to respond to people and environments around you. Okay? I'm hoping that you'll understand that your actual key to your wellness is understanding how your body works, respecting it. So that you can be able to live in harmony with not just yourself, but others. And your body is a treasure. And it doesn't need to be pounded away or disrespected or whatever you, you've been learning from the messages from your early childhood. And that's why I have that life script available. The link is below so that if you're curious, you can learn about what caused myself to think as if, if, if I wasn't doing anything or depending on others that... I was useless or I deserved to be punished. I don't know what your story is. We all have different stories. I know I've had my stories. You've listened. If you've been listening for a while, you've heard my story. It took a lot of years, a lot of years, a lot of work to understand that I will not be defined by unresolved issues or by other people's broken brokenness. And I hope that will also apply for you too. Okay. Well, I know I said a lot in this episode. Was it about the biology? Was it about how we understand our situations? Like, what did I say that really pointed out into your mind? And more importantly, what are you going to plan on doing based on the information that I have to share? I would love to hear from you. Please connect with me, either voicemail message, anchor.fm slash Denise G. Lee, or being able to connect with me directly, info.denisegelee.com slash connect. I'd love to hear from you either way. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that you share it with someone else. And thank you in advance for writing a review. That's what you are desired to do. Okay. Well, take care and be awesome.